Hello everyone and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban and I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast, come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. And more details are available on our website which is www.refinerylife.org. And today we're going to continue our series titled The Living Christ and we're going to talk about until Jesus comes, be witnesses. Let's pray before we go any further. Father, you have invited us to come boldly into your throne of grace. We thank you for this glorious privilege, Lord. We come now with hearts of gratitude to offer our gifts to you. Use them, Lord, to extend your kingdom in the hearts of people everywhere. Grant that we may be faithful in every area of our life, so that through our lives, as well as our gifts, people will come to know Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray today. Amen. So the text we're going to concentrate today on is Acts 1.8. And we've all heard this verse. We love this verse. It says, But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses to tell all the people about me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. And then the scriptures we're going to work through are Acts 1, 6 through to 12. Let's read them. So when they had come together, they asked him repeatedly, Lord, are you at this time reestablishing the kingdom and restoring it to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power and the ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. And then from verse 9 onwards, it talks about the ascension. It says, And after he said these things, he was caught up as they looked on. And a cloud took him up out of their sight, while they were looking intently into the sky as he was going, two men in white clothing suddenly stood beside them, who said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will return in just the same way as you've watched him go into heaven. And then in verse 12, it talks about the upper room. It says, Then the disciples returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which was the olive grove which is near Jerusalem, only a Sabbath day's journey. So that's less than a mile away, or a kilometre and a half, 1.6 kilometres, um, if working in the metric system. So Jesus' earthly ministry was now complete. He was born of a virgin, lived a blameless life, died a vicarious death, and arose from the, the grave with a glorified body. He'd been on earth for 40 days since his resurrection. Acts 1.3 says, To these men he also showed himself alive after his suffering in Gethsemane and on the cross. By a series of many infallible truths and unquestionable demonstrations appearing to them over a period of 40 days and talking to them about the things concerning the kingdom of God. He was now ready to return to heaven. The Mount of Olives, just outside the eastern wall of Jerusalem, served as an ideal location from which to view God's city of peace. Jesus chose it as the place from which to give his final promise 
to come again and for his ascension into heaven. And the disciples were curious about the future, as we would have been. When asked about the coming kingdom, Jesus pushed that into the background to give an urgent command to his followers in that day and every day to be telling the world about the Saviour. That command is still urgent today. He used the word witness, witness, which comes from the word martyr. In the days of Jesus and those that followed soon after, to be a Christian witness could mean death. And in certain parts of the world, it is still dangerous to proclaim the message of Christ. In fact, to be a genuine witness is not easy in any civilization. Certain requirements are necessary. So today, let's have a look at three of these requirements. The first one is a witness must know something. Go into a courtroom and look at a witness on the stand. What is the first requirement? A witness must be certain of the facts. Else, there is no need for him to appear in court, is there? If the witness says when when asked a question, I think... Immediately the opposing lawyer will rise and say, I object, Your Honour. We are not interested in what the witness thinks. We're only interested in what he knows. The judge will then sustain the objection. So what is the first qualification for a witness of Jesus Christ? The answer is he or she must know something. And Paul certainly did. He said in 2 Timothy 1.12, This is why I suffer as I do. Still, I am not ashamed, for I know him, and I am personally acquainted with him, whom I have believed with absolute trust and confidence in him and in the truth of his deity. And I am persuaded beyond any doubt that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted to him until that day when I stand before him. Now, I read a story of an elderly Christian gentleman who was asked on his 86th birthday, how he felt toward the next life now that he'd reached the ripe old age. And he replied, I've naturally been thinking about that in recent years. I've stood in the shadow of bereavement many times and sought comfort, sought to comfort, sorry, sorrowful hearts. And now in my declining days, I can say that I am not half so sure what the future life is as I was 40 years ago. But I am twice as sure that it is. How true is that? As we grow older, the details of heaven, that is, what type of place it's, it's going to be, are not nearly as important as the certainty that we have that it says in John 14.2, our Father's house has many rooms. What type of place isn't nearly as important as it's there? We can have steadfast hope of a home in heaven if we know Jesus Christ as our personal saviour. What about your knowledge of the Saviour? A good witness must know something. The second thing is a witness must know something, must say something. Every once in a while we read of a witness coming forward years after a crime who has a testimony that frees a prisoner from jail. If this person had been a witness at the trial, the prisoner would never have been convicted. This person knew facts but didn't tell them. And as a result, the prisoner was convicted unjustly. To know about Jesus and fail to tell others is criminal. 
What if someone knew the remedy for cancer and left it quiet? No logical argument or persuasive story can turn the world upside down. Only the simple testimony that Jesus is Saviour and Lord can do that. Many stories have been told of tragedies in people's lives because of undelivered messages. The greatest tragedy, however, is that many people have never been saved because a Christian failed to speak the right words at the right time. Our failure to ask someone if they would like to become a Christian may be the only reason that that person doesn't become saved. Let people, sorry, don't let people miss the great opportunity, the greatest opportunity they will ever have because you didn't ask the question. Many people never become Christians simply because good people who know Jesus as Saviour and could testify concerning him simply fail to tell a lost friend about Jesus. And the third thing a witness does is a good witness must be something. A skeptic who was once called the spiritual father of Nazism nearly became a Christian once. While he was trying to make the decision, he decided to live among Christian people to see what Christians were like. He is reported to have said, These Christians will have to look a lot more redeemed before I believe in it. Gandhi attended a Christian school and was disillusioned. He is believed to have said, I would have been a Christian if it had not been for the Christians. Of course, we can't always accept at face value such statements of non-Christians as the true reason for their failure to receive Christ. But there's enough truth in such an indictment to make us examine our way of life. In the courtroom, a witness may know something and say something, but if the opposing lawyer has evidence that the witness is not a person of integrity, the lawyer can present the facts to court and make an impassioned plea to throw out the testimony. Likewise, all of our evangelizing and preaching will be like a clanging clanging cymbal unless our lives are consistent with our testimony. As we finish up today, the first call is for us to become a Christian. Until we have been born again, we begin at no beginning and work towards no end. If you're not a Christian, start today. Become one today. Being born again, however, is just the first step of the Christian life. In the ultimate sense, our Christian experience includes the totality of our relationship and fellowship with Jesus from the moment we receive him as our Savior until the day we receive our resurrected body at his second coming. If you're a Christian, be a witness. Seek to be wise as you testify, but do not fail to let others know, both through lip and through life, that Jesus is your all in all. Many things make us grow, but the fruit of a Christian, in the most real sense, is another Christian. I challenge you today, start living the life of a Christian. Start witnessing to those people around you. And as I do every week, I really want to encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us that we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. 
There's nothing that's too hard for him. And he can make you whole, spirit, soul, and body, if you will allow him to. And you're important to God. You know that already. But you're also important to us at the refinery. When it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And until next time, stay in the blessings. <laughs>